Rachel here with your radio sisters, Bo and Allie. And it's time for another Mulberry Lane show. Yeah. <laughs> now it really charges us up when you take a seat at this table and hang out with us. So thanks for being here. Mm-hmm. Now, how many times have you really felt motivated and inspired to write, paint, sing, or whatever it is that you do? And then someone interrupts and they need you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You were right in the zone, everything was going so well, and then someone changed your plan. And of course, those people are coming to you because you are the one that everyone always depends on. Mm -hmm. So this is the struggle. You get interrupted, maybe when you're in the heart of doing what you love, and you think, is my dream even worth the struggle when there's so much other stuff going on? Well, this is why we want you to tune here for the next hour, so you can get recharged to do what you're meant to do even in the chaos. And we've got some guests here to motivate you along the way. Well, let's get to the guests, sisters. Let's do it, Bo. The Mulberry Lane Show's on. Celebrity story songs. You're gonna have it going on when we tell you who's stopping by now. Well, up first, Stephen Sharp Nelson of Internet Sensations, The Piano Guys. Piano Guys YouTube channel has had more than 1.6 billion, billion with a B, views. Steven is here to chat all about their upcoming performance November 16th at the Orpheum Theater in Omaha. Plus, he'll get into their unlikely rise to fame, and he talks all about how to handle those interruptions and whether you should look at them as distractions, detours, stepping stones, or stumbling blocks. He really gets into it today. You're going to love this chat with Steven. Now, he's the cellist in the piano, guys. Yes, and I have to say, before we interview someone, we really don't know what their personality will be like or anything, and Steven was really an awesome surprise. He brought it. (laughs) He sure did. All right, sisters, who's next? Okay, well, then you're going to hang out with best-selling author Rachel Renee Russell. Now, her well-loved series, Dork Diaries, has sold over 45 million copies. You've heard her story here before, how she went from a busy attorney with a love of writing to a full-time career following her passion, which was writing for tweens. Now, she rode the ups and downs of a divorce and bankruptcy, but she leaned into her dream, and man, you can't make up the jump she took in just one month. Today, Rachel dives into how you can mentally deal with those interruptions and the ups and downs that happen when you have a creative career and a family. I can relate. (laughs) Okay, sisters, laying on us, who's next? Okay, guys, did you know that USA Network has premiered a new series? It's called Treadstone. Well, if you're a Jason Bourne movie fan, this will probably be your new go-to fave. Now, Brian J. Smith, one of the stars of the series, is here to give you a peek behind the scenes, and he gets super personal and shares his take on those inevitable interruptions and how you can stay more intentional and present in your life. Well, right now, before we go any further, we'd like to welcome Classic Rock Coffee to the Mulberry Lane Show family. (laughs) Now, imagine a better fit than coffee and music with the Mulberry Lane Show. Exactly. (laughs) So you guys have to check out this place. It's at 72nd and Military in Omaha. And every week, you're now going to hear our coffee chat brought to you by Classic Rock Coffee. And guys, you got to make sure when you stop in, you check out the bathrooms and And turn turn the the lights lights off. (laughs) You'll see what happens. You'll have fun with that. Okay, so Rachel, for our coffee chat this week, you don't have a road rage story. You have a road friendly story. Is this what I hear? Yes. This is exactly what happened. Now, 
I have a Jeep that I love driving. And for you Jeep drivers, you know all about the Jeep wave, the peace signal with the thumb out. Basically, you give that to any other Jeep drivers passing you. So I was driving and, you know, I'm giving the Jeep signal and no one's responding. And I'm like, what is up? Then I realized I was driving the minivan. <laughs> Rachel, that's so well, They must have thought I was really this super friendly mom just waving at everyone. She's living in a fantasy, wishing that she had a Jeep right now. That's my road over friendly story. That is too funny. Okay, well, stick with us, you guys. When we come back, you're going to be hanging out with Stephen Sharp Nelson of the Piano Guys. He is the cellist guy in the group. You're going to laugh. You're going to cry. You're going to go through all the emotions with Stephen. <laughs> All right, we'll meet you right back here. Make sure you keep it right here with your radio sisters on the Mulberry Lane Show, where you get a clearer picture of the road you're traveling on with a crazy lady in a minivan waving at you. <laughs> meet you right back here. <laughs> This segment is brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology, advanced comprehensive medical, surgical, and cosmetic dermatologic care. BraddockFinnegan.com. Your weekend getaway. Glad you're hanging out here on the Mulberry Lane Show. I'm Bo, here with my sisters, Rachel and Allie. The Piano Guys are a true internet sensation. As of November 2018, they've had more than, get this, 1.6 billion views on YouTube. And it all grew out of a desire to sell pianos. <laughs> now, Stephen Sharp Nelson, the cello guy in the group, is here to chat their amazing rise to fame, their upcoming performance November 16th at the Orpheum in Omaha, and how to push through with your passion through all the inevitable interruptions. <laughs> Welcome, welcome to the show, Stephen Sharp Nelson of the Piano Guys. <laughs> hey, you know what? I finally can check that box. My absolute bucket list item is yet to be fulfilled. Have your name in a jingle. This is just <laughs> wow. I mean, we could end the interview now. I would consider it a smashing success. Yay! Yay! We checked the box. <laughs> okay, so now you have to tell the story of how this all came about. It's such a fascinating path, really. You know, serendipity certainly is the driver of so many things looking back. In hindsight, we construct it as if it was all planned out. Right. But truly, we just feel like it was kind of in a divine hand guiding it all and sort of miraculous circumstances that put us all together. And it okay. just happened. And I loved how organic it was because that's how we've been able to be authentic. Right. And that certainly is singer-songwriters. You know that authenticity is so number one. It, it is. And you, it's so easy. Yourself, what are you doing? Right. Yeah. It's so easy to get away from that authenticity, oh, especially yeah. in the music business yeah. or in the entertainment oh, my business. Goodness. That is so true. Why? Because we look left and right instead of straight ahead. Right. You know what? I, I'm still guilty of that. Even this morning, I was scrolling through my feed, and I saw this video of a particular group that was doing a, a concert moment. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, our concerts are lame. And it's so funny because it's like, you know, it's so easy to grab a hold of something it and is. use it as a negative weapon against and we, yourself. We, and we really yes, have we to whack ourselves with it. Yeah. Right. Oh, my goodness. We do, for sure. And that's an unfortunate aspect of being in a industry that tends to be lean towards vanity just by virtue of the fact that we have to be out there promoting ourselves right. constantly. Yes. So we look left and right, we forget to look straight ahead, and all of a sudden we're in this conundrum of not being authentic because we're trying to do it like somebody else is doing it. And Amen. that can really be a trap. 
part two of that are the people that you surround yourself. If you don't have people who are, you know, your manager or people who are working for you that share your vision and they're, mm-hmm. you know, always trying to kind of say, oh, you guys should do this or you should go down this path. Mm-hmm. Then that's hard, especially when they might have a lot of power in the music industry and they want to take you a certain place that you feel in your heart isn't really where you want to go. That is so perceptive. You're absolutely right. Because the demands of a record label or a manager, there is inherent conflict of interest. And so that's very dangerous. Alignment is very difficult to attain. It's one of those elusive things that I think about all the time, in fact. And you're absolutely right. Surrounding yourself with people that demand you to be yourself is key. Yes. You know, even with your record deal, I mean, you kind of arrange that differently. Talk a little bit about that. That's a great question. And, And the secret to a good record deal is to say no. And let me explain what I mean. You say no, you say no, you say no until it's right. It's so tempting to grab a hold of that exciting carrot. That vanity thing again. Oh, it's it's so true. Like if you could put your ego aside for one minute, which is musicians are tough for us to do often, especially when it comes to creativity and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. If we could put it aside and without emotion, look at the deal and say, this is a great opportunity to do what I want to do with my art form, not to be famous or rich. Because the minute you start thinking about those two is the minute you've lost the spirit of who you want to be. And so for us, we said no seven times to a record deal before finally something came that we said, yes, this will amplify and catalyze what we want to do already rather than inhibit it or take us in a direction. Now, we also insisted that we retain creative control. And that is so key because the minute you lose that, you lose yourself. And especially as dads, I mean, this thing happened later in our lives, which we're so grateful for. We already had gained some extra perspective and had children to remind us every day how not cool we are. <laughs> you know, so we're grounded. And, and so you weren't sure disillusioned that, by that either. Yeah, yeah. exactly, right? Yes. We looked at that and said, okay, we can't ever be in a compromising position where we can't be dads and artists at the same yes. time. And that was such an incredible ability to step back and say, okay, how do we be husbands and dads and artists at the same time? And if this contract does not enable that, but rather inhibits it, then it's off the table. Uh Well, right now you're listening to Stephen Sharp Nelson, the cellist and the piano guys here on the Mulberry Lane Show. And I think at that point, you also knew that being true to yourself was what your audience wanted. That's very true. And I think the ultimate goal of an artist truly should be to... Find the sweet spot of the Venn diagram. Now, if you've never seen a Venn diagram, and I'm just talking to your listeners, it's the joining of three circles, and there's a concentric center, which is the sweet spot. And that means all three circles are joining together in that center. So those three circles as musicians, I have found that one circle is what are you passionate about? What drives you? What is your cause? Why are you doing this? And it can't be fame or fortune. The second circle is what are you good at? Because honestly, I am very passionate about Thai food, but I can't cook a lick of it. I mean, I, there's no way. That's why we're not talking it. to you about your Thai food cookbook right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was hoping we'd get to that, maybe later in the interview. But. And then the third circle, of course, is the sustainability, the economic factor. What are people willing to pay you to do? So if you can join those three and stay in concert with those three as much as possible, if you find yourself in one of those circles, or even two of them, for the majority of the time, you will crumble eventually. Mm. So, and you will lack sustainability or authenticity or just the fact that you feel like you can't do what you need to do. So if a musician finds that sweet spot, 
it is only a matter of time before that musician finds success. I love that. And so clearly explained. Thank you. <laughs> a moment of silence. <laughs> it was a dramatic pause. <laughs> I love dramatic pauses. I hopefully that's not a dumbfounded pause. It's more of like a, I've got to think about that. Pause. That was awestruck. <laughs> okay, good. So then, no, you have to explain the story of how the videos were crafted initially to sell pianos, but you well, never sold this is, any this pianos. Is, this is part of my identity crisis, right? I'm a cellist trying to sell piano. What right. in the world am I doing? I mean, that, that's just ridiculous. You were uh, way off your Venn diagram at that oh point. No, no kidding, right? Here I am. I'm going against my own advice, unfortunately. But, you know, you got what to was it. funny, yeah. well, yeah, and the fact of the matter is, the reason why we're four piano guys is I could not fulfill all three of those Venn diagrams myself. Okay, I yes. just couldn't. So I needed the three other guys, and I tried. Okay, so I who's not doing anything? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Well, that's obviously the pianist. I mean, hello. I mean, that should be really obvious. John and I have this great rivalry where if anything goes wrong, I blame it on John. (laughs) So, okay, here it is, that serendipitous meeting, the divine hand guiding it all. John was playing a gig down in southern Utah, met up with this guy that owned a piano store. So that's Paul. Paul had this idea, instead of selling pianos in conventional fashion, he thought, what if instead we use social media and harness the power of a YouTube channel to try to sell piano? Uh, John liked this idea. Paul said, I'm just going to film you playing on my store pianos, practice on a piano. We'll upload those videos to a YouTube channel I've called The Piano Guys, and that's how our name got started. Now, prior to that, I had been performing with John on stage as a local musician, the moonlighting. I was in uh, venture capital. I'm, my background is in business, but I was moonlighting as a cellist. So he pulled me in because I think we had this sort of chemistry on stage and this desire and this ambition to push the envelope of our instruments. And then at the same time that John pulled me into this fun concept of Paul filming some videos, I met Al, our music producer, because I had moved on to his street. And he had actually helped me move in as my neighbor. And he had a music studio in his house. And I said, hey, let's get together and jam and write and produce together. So I pulled him in. Now think about it. Here's the Venn diagram, right? So we've got video editing. We've got sound recording and production. We have songwriting. We don't need to go outside of the four of us for anything. So we bootstrapped these simple videos where we're just kind of filming in crazy, amazing, beautiful locations using nature instead of sets, which are expensive, using God's creations, which are free to use incredibly, to showcase that and to put pianos and cellos in places nobody had ever seen them. And that, of course, is part of the YouTube formula, too, is this sort of shock and awe. How did you get the piano up on that thousand-foot cliff? Well, as the story goes, we just got rolling with these, and these hit a chord, so to speak, with people, and we just couldn't imagine why they were succeeding as much as they were. So we totally lost control of the piano store. And honestly, we have not sold a piano at all, which is so funny, because that was the (laughs) initial purpose. But really, (laughs) what happens in life is always plan B anyway. You know, it's it's the idea to get us to the next idea. And and that's kind of how this sort of shaped and crafted. It's never the end. It's always the next thing. And that's kind of what took us from A to B to C to B. Going to take a quick break here, hoping you're finding your A, B, C, and D, or contemplating your Venn diagram to success on this episode. We'll be right back with more from Stephen from The Piano Guys, right here on The Mulberry Lane Show.
Dr. Mary Finnegan of Braddock Finnegan Dermatology is here to tell you about Aqua Gold. So Aqua Gold is a small vial that has small stainless steel needles that are finer than a human hair in which we can leave product in the surface of the skin. The procedure takes about 15 minutes for the whole face. It gives a very dewy look, an airbrushed look. There's mild redness, otherwise no downtime at all. Aqua Gold at Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. That's BraddockFinnegan.com. Get a creative boost right here for your week. Back to it here on the Mulberry Lane Show. This is Allie along with your radio sisters, Rachel and Bo. In the middle of a chat with Stephen Sharp Nelson of The Piano Guys, he talked about their personal Venn diagram to success and how life doesn't always go according to plan. Sometimes things turn out even better. Let's get back right now with Stephen Sharp Nelson of The Piano Guys. These videos were reacting and you were getting hundreds of thousands of millions of views. So at what point did you say, okay, we're going to put all our efforts toward this? Because you all had other jobs. That was a tenuous decision, certainly because all of us were family men and, and needed to support a family. We weren't just simply fly-by-night guys at 20 years old living in our parents' basement. Not it like you can couch the surf the whole family, right? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And, and really, this is the third part of the Venn diagram, going back to that. We had our passion, we had what we could do very well, and people had seen that, but how do we sustain this? Right. For us, we saw crowdfunding. If people really felt it to believe in what we were trying to do, that showcased classical music in a totally unique way and showcased the beauty of the earth and all these facets we were pushing forward and, and encouraging kids to pick up and learn instruments. There were all these purposes behind what we were doing. Right. And we felt there might be some potential in crowdfunding, but instead of using a Kickstarter, we again tried to keep it in-house, and we started what we called the Founders Campaign. We were blown away by the response. But nearly overnight, we had enough to say, okay, guys, we can close the door on our day job. So it really is the people that have made the piano guys, not the piano guys. And that is true, true, and true. We literally were made by these good people that spent hard-earned money to prop us up so that we could do what we felt that we needed but to do they, in this world. they all got something out of it. They found the inspiration or, you know, it touched them in an emotional way, really. And we, of course, offered some incentives as well that only they have been able to attain. Even to this point, we go to concerts and people will wear particular uh, merchandise that was only founders or they'll say, I'm a founder. And we tell our founders, and we mean this sincerely, when you read comments on our videos, those are comments for you because you made this possible. And circling back to what we talked to earlier, it's really the people that made you and not the record company. It's so much easier, I think, to answer to the people who know you and love you than to answer to an executive who doesn't really understand what you're all about. Very perceptive once again. And that would be my warning against artists that are perhaps wined and dined by a record company. I think there's tremendous danger in that. There are some very, very incredible record companies out there. We feel like we've been treated very well by our record label. We love Sony Masterwork. But I know that there are record labels out there that are carnivorous in that they are just wanting to squeeze the juice out of you and toss you aside. If you can make it, and you can these days, thank goodness that's been democratized. We can, as musicians, make our own way and then determine if a record label is something that accentuates and catalyzes that rather than base our success completely on a record contract, which, by the way, most of them fail. They really do. Record labels have found they get out of 10, maybe 20 artists, maybe one, maybe two will be their breadwinners, and the rest 
will just be beholden to a contract which lasts perpetually sometimes. Any record label contract thrown into musicians should be an initial no. If that record label really wants you, they'll come back and they'll shape it in the way that you need it to be right. shaped. Yes, and then you have the control. Yeah. Well, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Stephen Sharp Nelson, the cellist from The Piano Guys, right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. So now you guys all had other jobs, like we talked, and families when this all blew up. Inevitably, there's going to be interruptions you know, while you were trying to get this off the ground. And even today. <laughs> right. So how do you push forward when there are those constant life interruptions? How do you push through those interruptions? Boy, that's a tricky question, isn't it? <laughs> off the bat, I am a spiritual person, and I've found that my core is my family and my faith. And I believe anybody can be spiritual. I don't think we need to be exclusively religious to a particular religion to be attached to a divine influence. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, if I didn't feel like I could go to my knees and meditate and pray, I feel like I would just be blown about by every wind of distraction. I just okay. think there's too much of it now. Mm -hmm. So in my opinion, if you're meditating and grounding yourself in your true purpose and who you are, and for me, that's God. That's okay. really attaching and really communicating with God. For others, perhaps that's a nature walk or family or something so deeply personal and so deeply important to them that it's a cause that they're attaching themselves to. Whatever it may be, I believe that God is the best because there's no changing. There's nothing that changes about Him, and He loves me no matter what. Mm -hmm. That's important to me. And if I can touch base with Him periodically throughout the day, even when distractions come, then I can know that if that's a distraction that is not a distraction but a detour, that's an important detour, rather than a distraction that is inhibitive. Is it a stepping stone or a stumbling block? Okay, I and I pray to discern between the two. And as we pray to discern between the two and set ourselves up for that, we will get it right more often than we'll get it wrong. And really it's about a net gain, because honestly we're imperfect mortals. I believe instead of mortals having a spiritual experience, I think we're spirits having a mortal experience. And I think we get it wrong a lot, but if we get it right more than we get it wrong, will be okay. And mm. So for me, yes, you'll be distracted, but if you find those appropriate detours and really keep looking forward rather than left and right, and, and praying and checking in constantly with your divine influence, your cause, whatever it is that drives you, whatever your core is, I think you'll be okay. I really love that. And I like those questions. Is it a distraction or a detour, or is it a stumbling block or a stepping stone? Those are great right. questions to ask. Yeah, I love this interview. <laughs> Hey, well, that's good. Gee, that pressure was on this whole time. I was wondering. Yeah. You, you came through. <laughs> <laughs> and then before we let you go, we got to talk about the concert. So what can people expect November 16th at the Orpheum in Omaha? <laughs> Well, I think they can expect the unexpected. Okay. I think that, honestly, people come in and if they expect a piano and cello concert, I think they'll find themselves in an unexpected scenario, which I love. We break the fourth wall down as best we can and strive to communicate and interact with the audience. We try to make that big concert all feel like a little living room. We are, unfortunately, 100% ourselves, which may be off-putting to some people, but <laughs> we're just kind of goofy dads that are just totally ourselves. We're not putting up this perfectionist front. There's no such thing. So um, I think that they'll find that it's just kind of a goofy show with a lot of very professionally produced music. I'm hoping will be a moving experience for them and will be an experience when they come in feeling a little heavy and walk away feeling a lot lighter. When George Friedrich Handel, one of my favorite classical composers of all time, wrote Handel's Messiah, when he first performed that, one of the spectators came up to him and said, oh, Handel, that was wonderful. I, you really entertained me. 
and Handel paused, and not pridefully, but with humility, sort of was disappointed in this response and said, I, my hope was not just to entertain you, but to make you better. And I'm hoping that all of our art form's intent is to do what we can to make us all as a human family feel more connected and to feel lighter and to feel better about things that we're struggling with. Because the real true connection we have is struggle. We all feel it. And the other connection we have is the universal language of music. And I think it's such a salve when it comes to these struggles that we're going through. So I'm hoping that people will walk in and they'll have a moment of clarity during the concert, that they'll feel something and that something will motivate them to do something else, and there'll be this wonderful chain reaction that'll occur. And through us, we can sort of have this edifying, unifying experience where at the, the end of the show of they really feel... Yeah, yeah that exactly. lifts everyone up. Feel, yeah. yeah, and they feel hope, and they feel a lack of despair. I, Oscar Hammerstein of Rodgers and Hammerstein duo said, it's a modern tragedy that despair has too many spokesmen while hope has too few. Mm-hmm. So if our art form can be a spokesman of hope, I think that's a wonderful thing for us all to be involved in. And at that point, I can no longer take credit for my art at all, because I think it transcends human involvement and comes to a divine level. And that divine level is what you just said. It's it's the community, it's a sense of connection. But it's also a sense of being able to elevate ourselves beyond the humdrum and the trials and the hardships of our lives into something that's divine. Wow, well now it's time for my dramatic pause because I absolutely loved that whole answer. I mean, that was truly (laughs) inspired. We interview a lot of people on the show and that's one of the best summaries of, I think, what true art and entertainment and what you explained about making people's lives better. To me, you just wrapped it up so succinctly and well. Thank you. That's and thank nice you for you. being a spokesman of hope. Yes. <laughs> I hope I can be. I hope I can be. And I will tell you, if you will just keep the same tone of your personality, no matter who you interact with. You know what? I, I thought of this, and I really mean this sincerely. I, I read just yesterday one of my favorite quotes. I reread one of my favorite quotes. Mother Teresa, who's a big hero of mine, in fact, I have a very special painting of her in my office. Wow. And she said that when you meet people, leave them better than you found them. Yes. And, I mean, what greater mission is there in life? And I think that by virtue of just interacting with you two, I feel like the best in me is being brought out, and I love that. And so I think if you keep doing that, you're transcending your art form and finding divinity in it, too. Thank you. Thank you. Those are beautiful words for us to hear, and we appreciate that. And I can't believe how much, (laughs) seriously, how much synergy is here, because we also are big fans of Mother Teresa as well. So, so much of you said speaks right into the alley we're going down. So, thank you. All right. Well, Stephen, we could talk to you again and again. So, next time you're through, make sure you check in with us. We'd love to chat again. Wonderful. My pleasure. Thank you for listening, my dad. Appreciate it. All righty. Yes. Well, that's Stephen Sharp Nelson, the Piano Guys. Make sure you check them out November 16th at the Orpheum in Omaha. And how can you not take to heart what he said? Make it about helping others and leaving things a little bit better than when you found them. When we come back, you're going to meet an inspiring woman. Rachel Renee Russell of Dork Diaries is right around the corner. Keep it right here with your radio sisters on the Mulberry Lane Show, where we're passionate about the creative journey. And you know we mean yours, too. Amp 
up the rock and roll energy in your life with classic rock coffee. With drinks like the Woodstock Herbal Blend Tea or Crazy On You Caramel Coffee, plus protein shakes, breakfast all day, and some seriously delish power bars. Mm, it's just the shot you need to kick your life into high gear. Drive through or stop in Classic Rock Coffee, 72nd and Military in Omaha. And guys, don't forget to check out the bathrooms with, with the, the lights, lights off. off. Classic Rock Coffee. Need some time to yourself? Drop the kids off at that pottery place at 78th and Dodge in Beverly Hills Plaza, November 9th and December 14th from 6.30 to 8 for Kids Night Out. They'll create art, munch on pizza and goodies, and you can take some needed time for yourself. Find out more at thatpotteryplace.com. We've got you covered. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. It's Rachel here with your radio sisters, Bo and Allie. Okay, guys. Well, you've met Rachel Renee Russell, best-selling author of the tween series Dork Diaries, here before. And she's back to chat about the 14th installment of this charming series that has sold over 45 million copies. Now, if you remember, Rachel is an attorney turned author. She's a mom. And today she's going to dive into how to mentally deal with those interruptions that happen when you're a creative with a family. Welcome, welcome back to the show, Rachel Renee Russell. Thank you. That was wonderful. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, we always love catching up with you. This is the 14th installment, so catch us up with what's going on in Dork Diaries. Book 14, Nikki and her friends were in a school talent show. They have been invited to open for a famous boy band, oh. and that's what Dark Diaries Book 14 is about. It's now, they need to band. come on the Mulberry Lane show to talk about that. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's, Nikki's really excited, but she finds out that her frenemy, Mackenzie Hollister, mean girl, bully, has weaseled her way onto the tour as a social media intern, oh. and she finds out that Mackenzie Hollister is her roommate, so her wonderful time on the road is ruined. What kind a great scenario you created for this one, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, of course, I took a little American Idol and, you know, uh-huh. Instagram and, How you know, fun. social media and How pop culture fun. and mixed it all in. And awesome. Okay, so now, for those who haven't heard your personal story, talk about your personal jump from attorney to tween writer and kind of the life circumstances that led you there. Well, the, the inspiration for Dork Diaries was my own two daughters. Growing up, they were always tall for their age and maybe a little awkward. <laughs> so they were called dorks. I mean, that okay. was the term. So when they went off to college, I wanted to write a children's book, and I wanted to have it be fun and exciting and a lot of drama, but I also wanted to have a positive message. So I wrote Dork Diaries. I was going through a lot personally. I went through a divorce. Mm-hmm. I had been married for 25 years. Yeah. You know, that's the only life I've known. So it was kind of traumatic for me to be going through that. My house was in foreclosure, and my cars got repossessed. It's a very, very difficult time when you're in a situation where there's negativity and things are not going well in your life. You know, what do you do? You can have a meltdown right. and dig a hole and, you know, crawl it in. And, and stay just, there, you know, yeah. Check out, or you can figure, I got to get through this, and these are my goals and whatever. The thing with in my personal life is that my divorce was finalized in May of 2009, and I made the New York Times bestsellers list one month later in June of 2009. So I went from the worst, most wretched month of my life, which is a divorce and moving out of my house because it was in foreclosure, to the best month of my life, which was the week Dork Diaries hit the New York Times bestsellers bestsellers list. Yes. Yes. Best-selling author Rachel Renee Russell of Dork Diaries right here on the Mulberry Lane Show.
as creatives, when you have a dream or you're working towards something and maybe you're working on a job at the same time, and then if you're a mom or a caretaker, you know, people need you. So, you know, the creative process can be constantly interrupted. Talk about the headspace or the mental challenge of continual interruptions that thoughts get to the point of maybe I'm just not supposed to do this. What got you through those times? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's moments like this now. I'm a full-time writer, but there's still, you know, cell phones, people calling. Do I want a new roof? (laughs) You know, what I would recommend for a person trying to be creative or writing or doing whatever it is. It could be interior decorating or, Uh you know, trying to start a new business. Figure out in the day where you can put time aside for yourself where there are the least amount of distractions and interruptions. With myself, it was always like at the end of the day when it's late. The kids go to bed, you know, at 9, or if they're in high school, they're maybe in bed by 10. And I would say try to sneak time at the end of the day. And then, you know, as far as dealing with the naysayer inside that says, well, this is just so impossible, maybe you're not supposed to do that. How did you get over those? You just have to ignore it. You know, it, it could be a, a negative person that's telling you that. Yes. It could just be in your own head where mm-hmm. you're frustrated. And you have to say, I know you, buddy, or, or <laughs> you know, lady, and, and give it a personality and be like, we're not discussing this today. I'm not going there. I'm not dealing with this. So you have to just, like, mentally challenge it and say, sit down, shut up, leave me alone. I, I'm, I'm going to do this. You okay, know? I love that. Exactly. So now this is the exactly. 10th anniversary of the series. So congratulations on all the success. And, you know, what do you think has made the series successful? And what do you hope people take away? I think what has made the series successful is that Nikki Maxwell is the girl next door. She's very relatable, and she's struggling with some of the exact same things that they are because there's the voice you were talking about is telling Nikki Maxwell the same thing. You're a nerd. You you have no (laughs) friends. You're a bad person, and you have to ignore all of that and try to be yourself and love yourself. Yes, so important. And Rachel, it's always great to catch up with you in the next installment. We hope to talk to you again. Thank you. I'm looking forward to coming back. That's New York Times bestselling author, Rachel Renee Russell. Well, maybe it's time to take a little Nikki Maxwell into your life. Stand up to that bully in your head and say, wait, I am going to do this. And we're going to do this again with actor Brian J. Smith. He's coming up next right here on the Mulberry Lane Show, showing up to help you see all of your potential. Kick off the holidays at That Pottery Place, 78th and Dodge in Beverly Hills Plaza. It's the Friends and Family Painting Party, Friday, November 15th from 6.30 to 9 p.m. A night of bonding with your special people before the holiday season gets so busy. Special pricing and special heirloom pieces, Friday, November 15th, thatpotteryplace.com. Get a creative boost right here for your week. I'm Bo, here with my sisters, Rachel and Allie. The Mulberry Lane Show. Okay, guys, USA Network is premiering a new series called Treadstone. Now, it's airing Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. And if you're a Jason Bourne movie fan, this series is totally for you. Now, Brian J. Smith, one of the stars of the series, is here now to get you up to speed and super excited about what's in store when you watch Treadstone. Welcome, welcome to the show, Brian J. Smith. You just made my day. That was so great. I mean, I feel like every single phone conversation should start with someone singing you in like that. Oh, yeah. The world would be such a much better place. 
<laughs> Love that. Okay, so now tell us about Treadstone. What can we expect? Well, Treadstone, it's really high pace, high action. It's based on the Treadstone program, which if you're familiar with the uh, Jason Bourne series of movies, the agency that trains these superhuman weapons. So it's sort of an origin story about how Treadstone came about. And then also it's the present day fallout story of what happened once the program was shut down. Okay, so now you play Doug McKenna. You're an oil rig worker. You're one of these superhuman trainees. Well, he thinks that he's just an oil rigger. He thinks he's got a gorgeous wife back in Kentucky. And then he finds out that all of this, you know, his whole life possibly could be a complete lie. Uh-huh. And so it's him trying to piece together who he might be and also trying to survive from this agency that's now out to shut him down completely. So you're like in a constant state of stress then, basically. Yeah, it's kind of relatable because I actually feel like that's like my baseline experience as a human being just walking around New York City. (laughs) So how did you land the gig? I was in Prague. I was doing a show for the BBC there called World on Fire. And my agent was like, hey, you know, have you seen the Bourne movies? I was like, oh, my God, like my favorite films, like ever. Yes. Uh He's all right. Well, here's this audition. And I taped in my living room in Prague. And flew out to Budapest to meet the team and they picked me. Where do you actually film? We filmed in Budapest. We also filmed in Longyearbyen, Norway, in the Arctic Circle, in Ghana, Paris, London, Colombia. This is a huge Uh, deal. Oh yeah, it was a real world tour. You've got a lot of stage experience, so talk about like performing on stage for a live audience and then filming a series like this. I love doing TV. It's great, and especially getting to travel. But if you're an actor and you love to act, the real place for that is up on a stage. That's where your heart is. There's nothing like Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm a theater nerd from Dallas, Texas. I always will be. Sometimes they let me get on a TV show, and I'm like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then as soon as I'm done with that, I have to go straight back to New York and do a play. You're listening to actor Brian J. Smith of the brand new series on USA Network called Treadstone, right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. So much of life is like being in the moment and being present and really taking in what's in front of you. But that is also the craft of an actor is being in the moment. So talk a little bit about how being in the moment can help us, you know, in our daily lives. Getting out of that chatterbox in your head, I think is one of the healthiest things you can do. I started doing uh, Transcendental Meditation about a year and a half ago. I really am a lot more present and a lot more grounded. Having something like that to get you back to just being out. And also, I got into photography as well recently, and I found it to be really relaxing because when I'm walking around the street with my camera, I'm not thinking about myself at all. I'm thinking about the light and the interesting people that are passing me by. You know, doing something like photography and acting Uh really gets you out of your head. And those are the best moments in life when you're not caught in your head berating yourself or other people all the time. Those healthy moments, you got to grab those and hang on to them. What do you hope people take away from uh, the series Treadstone? We're in such a crazy political moment right now. But, you know, we make TV shows like this where you could be a Trump Republican or you could be a Elizabeth Warren Democrat. 
both of those people could sit down and watch the show and enjoy it and not be triggered by it. <laughs> and <laughs> you know hopefully I mean? they could watch it together even. <laughs> yes, yeah. We don't have an axe to grind on the show politically. I mean, this is a show for an escape, and it's for the family. Hey, take some time away from what the hell's going on in Washington and the world right now and just treat yourself to a really well-told story. That's what I, we wanted to do. I love that, and it's so needed. And we want to thank you for joining the show. Brian, it's great to chat with you, and we'd love to have you back. Please, anytime. This was really great. I love talking to you. That's Brian J. Smith. Check out Treadstone on USA Network Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Central. Well, guys, this is show notes. This is our hand-picked advice from each guest. We want you to take these gems and try to put them into your life this week. Now, first, you heard from one of the piano guys, Stephen Sharp Nelson. Now, he talked all about interruptions and how sometimes interruptions are distractions and sometimes they're important detours. Now, he says that he's a spiritual person and found that his core is his family and faith. He says when you're grounded in your true purpose, you will know if the interruption is a distraction or an important detour. But he says to look forward rather than left or right, check in with your core, and you will get through it and be okay. That has a very calming effect when you say all that, Rachel. (laughs) Okay, next on the show, you heard from author Rachel Renee Russell. Now, she speaks right into your life if you're a busy creative with a family. She says to find that part of the day with the least amount of interruptions, and that's the time that you should do your work. And as far as those negative thoughts that say, maybe I'm not supposed to do this, she says you just have to ignore that voice, give that voice a personality and tell it, I'm not discussing this today. You got to tell it, sit down, shut up and leave me alone. I love the in your face way that she handles those voices. There you go. (laughs) Well, then you guys heard from actor Brian J. Smith. Now he talked about how acting is all about being in the present moment. He had some advice about how to bring this skill into your everyday life. Now, he says you have to get out of that chatterbox in your head. And the way he does that is through transcendental meditation. That helps him be more present. So the more we can be present, the better. Exactly. And Rachel, what I think is so interesting is this whole show today had the theme of how to get through interruptions. And you can see, guys, that these three guests who are really killing it in their fields, they all have found the tools that work for them to keep plowing away towards their dreams. So hopefully one of these will speak to you and you can bring it into your life. So make sure you join us same time, same place next weekend for more inspiration and clarity. Both. Stay happy and stay blessed. Allie, don't forget to be awesome, guys. Rachel, that's a wrap. Yeah.